Shut up and sit down. Okay, let's get things started. <laughs> the delay is just long enough. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your comic culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Keller-Hudsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey, exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or pizza, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. Oh boy. We gotta go now. We only have a 30-second window. You know the plan. Uh, dudes? What? He jumped. He jumped! Uh, all right, one for all. But wait, 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 you don't have a shoot! Woo! I don't need a shoot. I got my ball! <laughs> oh, this is awesome! Pizza on the last one. I don't he, think he said I it did. with a different accent. Oh, he stole that guy's <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Except that's Spider-Man. It is though. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, and yes, there will be spoilers. Yeah, I always make it a point to try and interrupt you there because <laughs> I just want people to know exactly how this show is going to go. <laughs> yep. He stole that guy's pizza. He stole that guy's pizza. Okay, now okay, so now say he stole that guy's pizza like Sylvester Stallone. Who are you saying that to? Uh, anyone. He stole that guy's pizza. Oh, that's actually <laughs> pretty, pretty good. good. Now, now say it like Michael Caine. Michael Caine? Yeah. Oh. He stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> He's actually really good at this. Okay. I could do Kermit. That's about as okay, far as do, I... Okay, do it as Kermit. He stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> okay. Um, now... <laughs> Um, Skyler, do he stole that guy's pizza by Michael Caine doing a Sylvester Stallone impression? Oh, damn. oh fuck! <laughs> he can do this. He stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. Oh man! All right, good. Oh. Well done. Okay. Thank you, Shock Top. You've helped me so much in this quest. <laughs> Oh. Oh. First opinions, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I know we promised this one an hour ago, and actually we were promising Unbreakable this week with Nick Carvey, but scheduling, all that, you know how it goes. We've still got an episode coming out for you. Um, I'll start out this role. I think it's been a while since I've started in a, a first opinion. It is like the exact same opinion I had about the first revamped Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. There are some genuine moments of hilarity, and there are some certainly cringy moments of acting. And then 
overall, the plot is just like so-so, and the best part is always the turtles. There's nothing that really beats the turtles in the show. Uh, I still don't know why Megan Fox has a job. Uh, Will Arnett is still pretty much funny in everything he does, in in, in my opinion, so far. Um, Tyler Perry is in this for some reason. Shredder doesn't need to be there at all, ever, even though he's a staple mark of the Turtles. If you're not going to fucking like do it, like this, uh, make him cool, really, then don't do it at all. Also, it's really stupid how it ended because Shredder portrayed uh, Baxter Stockman, and then just like less than three minutes later, Shredder got betrayed by Krang. And I was like, how did you not see this coming? you got to be some of the dumbest characters in this world. And kind of they are, because Bebop and Rocksteady are in it, and they're really stupid. It's for kids with a few adult jokes mixed in. And to that point, it's an enjoyable film enough. Um, Stephen Amell didn't need to be in it either, I guess. Uh, we try- He tried. You know, he tried. I guess they all tried. And I said, uh, one final point. i got to give credit. To the special effects team, because holy wow, like you, they put the turtles on for most of the movie, and it's kind of visionary to make that still look good for that long. That much fake stuff mixed in with real stuff look good for that long. That's all I got to say. Popcorn Skyler. Oh, wow. You actually covered most of anything I was going to say about this. Yes, very similar to the... uh first reboot movie uh turtles are a highlight everything else is a middling to kind of low light um it's pretty unforgivable how much they wasted the shredder in this movie even though they actually bothered to get a human to play him this time (laughs) uh krang is just a dumb villain that they also kind of wasted like oh hey he's here and then he's just gonna show up for the final battle whatever uh, Stephen Amell probably shouldn't use this on his acting real highlights. Um, not even one scene. But he tried. He tried so. Uh, music is a lot blander this time around. And I'll get to that because that's like my thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be fair, I, I got to see this movie for free. Okay. I saw it in the front row because I was late to the screening. Um, and it was in 3D. Oh. Oh, and I would never recommend watching a movie in 3D in the front row. Yeah, that's a lot of you could have, all the way in the right. You could have stopped after you said just 3D. I, I think that there. final sequence would have been kind of fun in 3D. There was a lot going on in that final fight. I gotta say, they spent a lot of time with the turtles, like fighting things, and you know, because it was just like you know, it was a kind of our weak point in the first film, dialogue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. instead of strengthening the dialogue, let's just get rid of it. And replace it with more fun turtle stuff. And you know what? I went, okay. That's okay. That's not the worst choice. Mm, is it time for my opinion? Well, ask Skyler. Um, I'll end on a positive note. I do think the battle with Bebop and Rocksteady on the plane that eventually got in the river was pretty cool. Even though from where I was sitting, it looked like garbled mishmash. <laughs> Popcorn Den. So you said that since the story and dialogue sucked in the first movie the movie got better by getting rid of it? Well, it's if I you're going to make a choice in a direction, instead of like not doing anything, they did something that like at least was steps to positiveness. Hmm. Well, I, I don't weak know. Weak steps. I don't know. Because like, 
action without a story I've never cared for, which is why I love Mad Max so much because the action is the story. Mm-hmm. And so the first movie having a weak story and then just it's a reason to do the action. Now there's even less of a story, so there's less of a reason to do the action, so I care even less. So when Skyler said that this movie is basically like the other, but blander, I 100% agree. Okay. This this is the, um like, Kemp's low-fat vanilla okay. to the Byerly's <laughs> vanilla bean. Oh, no, you're giving the first film way too much credit by calling it vanilla bean. I, I'm I'm saying you know, okay, the, it's the Kemp's low fat vanilla to the Kemp's New York vanilla. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll, well, and I'll then, roll with that. And then like getting closer. And then like Deadpool is vanilla bean. Okay, sure. sure and then New York Strange is like, or yeah, I just saw Doctor Strange last night, and Doctor Strange is like Byerly's. Low fat vanilla. Oh, with strawberry swirl. No, ah, uh, and Rocky Road. There's a lot going on, mm, and it might not all go well together. Uh, yeah, moose yeah. tracks. I like moose tracks though. Well, you liked Doctor Strange, didn't you? I I did. So, yeah, there we go. Argument set. Anyway, so so this this is like low fat Kemp's <laughs> blue bunny. Like, or, it's, not, it's not that good for you. It's, it's pretending not, to be good for like you. Like it's it's not good, but I'll eat it if there's nothing else. But I won't. I'll hate myself afterward. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. It'll do, pig. It'll do. Yeah. All right, money stats. Uh, production budget of a hundred and thirty-five million in 2014. Gosh, they just don't make big action films on a budget anymore, unless it's Deadpool, I guess. Especially since it's 2016. Yeah. You said 2014. I know. Oh, this movie. Oh, the first one came out in 2014. My bad. Yes. So even so, by today's standards, it is a cheapie, and maybe that didn't work out for them so well because domestic gross ended up being 82.1 million. Add to that foreign gross, which is 161.3 million. A little better, as in like nearly double, to bring a worldwide gross of 245.1 million dollars. Bad trombone. So, underperforming. Yeah, is that good enough to get a third movie? Everybody's signed on, aren't they? I don't know if everyone signed on. I personally don't think it will be enough to uh, bring that around because it was just kind of one of this summer's many films, excuse me, not many films, many sequels that people just didn't turn out for all that much. It had a soft opening weekend of $35 million and it made half of what the previous film did. So did this come out like April? This came out the first weekend of June. I remember because that was the week I quit my job. Okay. (laughs) First weekend of June. So we're still pretty early in the movie season then. Uh, Right. Week after um, X-Men Apocalypse and Alice in Wonderland sequel to other Big underperformers. Okay, uh, sorry. It's by X Men Apocalypse. It is. It is hero fatigue, and I just don't need another act superhero action film, which is this is kind of considered. It, it is. It's a lot more kid friendly. Mm-hmm. I will say. Uh, maybe that helped it. Maybe it didn't. But um, 
Yeah, I had no conclusion to that thought. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like this film. All right. Comic books. Let's talk about some characters. Uh, Actually, I know in the first one I talked about some actual comic book characters. I do believe all of these characters that I'm talking about that have premiered in this one actually originated from the 1980s television series. So, except for the first guy, Baxter Stockman. Uh, premiered in TMNT 2, Eastman and Laird. You know, uh, Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So he came about in the second issue. In his uh, in this comic book form, he is a sociopathic scientist known for his famous invention, the Mousers, which are like bipedal T-Rexes. All T-Rexes are bipedal. Yeah, but like little, little, little tiny ones that look like uh, uh, wind-up chomp teeth. You know what I mean? Bipedal is not the right word then. Bipedal yeah. means two feet. So miniature, but like their heads are so big. How am I? How am I? <sighs> Misshapen? <laughs> miniaturized? Oh, yeah, miniaturized. And if you know who Chomper is from The Land Before Time. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. They all look like little Chompers. Hell yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, Stockman commits crime for fun. Uh, stopped by turtles, but eventually came back as a cyborg. Wow, that's a running theme lately, isn't it? Last week was the Russian. I feel as if before that we had another cyborg character too. Uh, Skylar. I forgot. Skylar, how was your surgery? <laughs> oh, you know, it's still kind of healing up. Don't feel anything though, so. Did you need to get oil replaced every other week or just every week? No, uh, not leaky yet. So no. Just every other week. No, yeah, okay. So, okay. Then when it says bi-weekly on your oil prescription, that means once every other week, not twice a week. Correct. Otherwise, right, it would be semi-weekly. Would be... Bullshit. Bi-weekly means both. Okay. That's how messed up the English <laughs> so, language is. Oh. Semi-weekly means in the half of the week. So every every f- so it's twice a week, and then every fourth time you do it double? <laughs> yes. That's what, okay. that's what bi-bi-weekly means, because you're going to kill yourself doing that shit. <laughs> Uh, in the kids' show, Baxter uh, is now a Caucasian and not the African-American version he is in um, the comic book. Uh, he's less manic and more bumbly, spineless stereotype. Shredder recruits him into his foot clan to take advantage of his expertise. Eventually, he ends up in a disintegration chamber with a fly, and in homage to the famous 1958 film, he morphs into a fly creature. That process further debilitates his mental state and until he is a full-blown mad scientist devoted to taking down the Turtles. Which I guess was kind of semi-promised for a third Turtles film. That's what Steven Tyler would... Tyler Perry. <laughs> Steven Tyler. What Steven Tyler Perry? Yeah. What 1958 film are you referring to? The Fly. That came out in uh, 1986. That's the remake. Nope. That is the remake of the 50s film. I'm only familiar with the Cronenberg version. I haven't even seen that one. I've seen only the original. Jeff Goldblum's in it. I don't give a shit. I liked the original a lot, and I didn't really need to see the sequel. Huh. Well, I mean the remake. I haven't seen the Thing remake because I like the original so much. That's just how I roll. I don't need to see the remake. Okay, that's fair. The only one I... When you say the... The Thing remake, do you mean the John Carpenter remake or the oh, remake of the remake? Fuck, I just did that to myself. Hey. Oh, 
Shit. All right, I don't feel so bad now. Skylar just owned us all. He's yeah, he's so right though. Okay, uh, next characters: Bebop and Rocksteady uh, premiered in season one, episode one, Turtle Tracks in 1987. Peter Laird and David Wise wrote that episode. Characters created for the show because studio execs wanted to sell more toys. Sound familiar? Mm. Uh, so they needed more mutants in the show. Uh, BNR were two street thugs sent to stop April O'Neil from reporting a story on crime when they chased her down into the sewers with other gang members. The turtles show up, kick ass, meet April for the first time, beep Bop and Rocksteady report back to Shredder, who assures them of a new way to beat the turtles. Ooh, tune in next week. By mutating them into a huge rhino and warthog. They still remain bumbling buffoons, but their enormous strength makes them useful in a Shredder and Krang's various schemes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so basically exactly what they were in this film, if you need to. Just big, dumb idiots who are really strong. Yep. Yep. They succeeded once. In where were they, by the way? Brazil? Brazil. In <laughs> is that where they were flying over? I seem to recall it being the Amazon River, yeah. Okay. Oh, and finally, Krang. Krang. I, I liked Brad Garrett's really good voice acting of Krang. Like that was some solid muckiness. Really just The Technodrome. The Technodrome. <laughs> Freaking love that word. All right. He premiered in season one, episode two, Enter the Shredder, 1987, written by David Wise. Krang is a brain-shaped alien warlord from Dimension X that pilots a robotic body. He finds Shredder in episode two and in partnership offers the Shredman full use of his Technodrome as a headquarters in exchange for him making Krang a new body. Thus, a long-lasting frenemy relationship began. Don't use that word. Why not? Frenemy. Frenemy? It rubs me the wrong way. Well, I'll rub you the wrong way. Mm, <laughs> no, you won't. I, didn't I already do it by saying frenemy, frenemy, frenemy? Moist? Mm, now you're rubbing me the right way. Okay. Shredders, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, you, you win. And I'm moist. <laughs> Damn it! I was trying to avoid that. Shredder's goal was world domination, while Krang uh, wasn't so satisfied until he conquered all dimensions. So many plots, so many activations and destructions of the Technodrome in so many seasons. I will say they did a really good job of making Krang seem really moist in this film. <laughs> they really did. They did. They definitely, he definitely was uh, moistful. He was a slippery guy. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know why I found him way more intimidating than Shredder, and even though he was way more comical, way more silly, yeah. yeah, way more silly. But at the same time, it's just like this dude actually has the means to kill people. Shredder, you have like really shitty ninjas. Casey Jones beat up like four ninjas by himself with a hockey stick. Fuck your ninjas, yeah. they're terrible. Also, Awful. you're like a foot and two inches shorter than you were in the last movie. What happened there? <laughs> Prison. <laughs> okay. That's rough, guys. Prison. Done with comic book slash origin, because this one's kind of a mix, because it does originate from comic books, but it, all of its popularity comes from the TV show. That's obvious. Nobody knows really, other than comic book nerds, of course, nobody really knows about the book, right? 
I was just happy to learn that um, Baxter Stockman was uh, black originally. I thought, you know, that was a, an alteration they made for the film. But no, it's it's going back to its roots. Yeah, I tend not to think about the whole race thing because it really because we're going to have some interesting conversations about Tilda Swinton and Doctor Strange. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. Although, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, okay. So let's move on to music. Uh, music. Who's, who did the score for this, even? Oh, boy. It's our first foray into the music of Steve Jablonski. <laughs> what? Is, is that the starting center for the Detroit Red Wings? I don't know. Is that person also really shitty? No. Say, say his name again. Jablonski. 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 What's his first name? Steve. Steve Jablonski. Huh. Are you actually looking it up? No. no. I'm not looking at no. anything. I just want to hear his name some He's more. pondering a way to make that a funny pun, I think. I can see the wheels turning there. Joe Roll Bluntsky. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have a question about High School Musical. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does that, do do either of you know what it means to hit the outside J? <laughs> because they say it in like the first song. No, like the third Breaking song. Free or head in the game. Head in the game. Okay. He's like, don't be afraid to shoot that outside J. Or to hit that outside J or something. And I'm like, the only J that I've ever, the only thing I've ever heard someone call a J is a joint of marijuana. I think someone was having fun with the lyrics there. Like, are they, are they advocating marijuana use in a children's musical? I think you might be misheard it and don't be afraid to hit that outside Thray. No, it, he definitely says J. I watched it with subtitles on. Oh, shit. Yeah. Spelled J-A or just Just the, the letter, letter J. J. Fuck. Okay. And his name is not Jay. No, no, no. His name's Zach. <laughs> Zach Efron. His name's Bolt Bolton in Tracy Bolton. No, no, no that's Ram- the Ramsey Ramsey, Bolton? yeah, that's the Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> is it his? La- What's the character's name? And in- you know, maybe maybe Ramsey wouldn't have been such a D if he weren't afraid to hit the outside J. Okay. Uh. Anyway, as uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the score is by a Joe Blonsky. It's better than yeah, High School Musical. The, uh, He's a frequent uh, <laughs> Michael Bay uh, collaborator. He's done the mu- music for all of the Transformers movies, uh, the Island, I think, uh, and a lot of stuff I've just tried to ignore. Explanation. If you're looking for like a really inspiring Hans Zimmer-like sound, but then you just want to take it and like dilute it down to its most bland elements, Steve Jablonski is a good place to start, and uh, Holy hell, that's, that's exactly apt. what they did. What was that? That is that's that's pretty apt. Yeah, um, I just in listening to the music for this movie, I did a compare and contrast to um, Brian Tyler's music for the previous film, and that's exactly what I came up with. It's like, oh, there are a lot of similar sounds, a lot of similar melodies, but. It's just like they wanted to make them shittier. Well, you know, less work, I think. Yeah. I don't know if shitty. They just had less time. <laughs> right. No, I, I... This isn't that... Can we get a sample? Would, yeah, this, this, this isn't a sample. This one's Squirrel Formation from the beginning of the movie. 
Dun, dun, dun. That kind of reminded me of the opening of Amazing Spider-Man 2, but less good. Yep. Yep, in general, I this uh, this score gave me narcolepsy. Well, it, it's like other movies that are bland, but blander. They, okay, <laughs> they're really trying to milk the heroic theme of Turtles. And mm-hmm. the Turtles mix comedy, action, heroism, and family values, really. And, you know, yeah. teenage youth, okay? And you can have all five of those elements, all right? And you can focus on certain ones. And in the first one, I think they focused more on heroism, comedy, and family values. And yeah. in the next one, they focused a lot more on the fact, like, that they're monsters. They're, 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 they're less valued. Um, or what is the word I'm thinking of? Admonished? Feared? Um, you know, feared. They have that really misunderstood. Misunderstood. But... Thank you. Misunderstood. That's what I'm looking for. Um, they have that really terrible scene where they're at the police station, and the cops are all pointing guns at them, and one's like, "What are they?" And one cop, how to just like uh, the extra who got a line, went, "They're monsters! They're monsters!" <laughs> it's just like, "Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you, Jerry! That's <laughs> awful!" Yeah, ever the rest of them should have been like, "Shut the fuck up! We don't even know." <laughs> they, yeah, there's the quote-unquote story of this movie provides a lot more opportunities, you know, for a kind of darker, more tormented. As much as you want to do for a you know kids movie, um, kind of sound to it, and instead this movie is just like heroism, family values, heroism, family values, Girk. It barely focused on the family values part. It was more like work as a team, because there was a very there was actually a good moment at the end of the first one where Raph really opens up, uh, and like it, they're all like following, and Raph just says how much he actually loves being a part. Like the, that, everyone that he's there, that these other turtles are his brothers, and it might not be the best writing in the world. But for that moment, I went, you know what? There's some heart there. There's some actual genuine heart in this film, and this one just like had none of that. Really, almost no. none of it. And that's what I think was a really key ingredient that was missing. I want the turtles to feel like family. But does this next uh, clip I have brought up, does that remedy that? Let's try it. Well, I don't know. Let's listen. Do, it's turtle power. What do they have that nobody else has? One, two, three. Garbage truck. <laughs> Garbage truck? Well, I guess we have that too. Uh, no, turtle power! Like playing really good violinists over a mm-hmm. garage band beat. <laughs> yes, that's accurate. And that's a step up from a lot of the stuff you hear in the movie. But still, if I can feel I can just I can just sit down at the piano and do that, it's gonna take it down a peg. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I just, they, you know, if they're going to emulate Hans Zimmer, take the number one page out of his book. And you know what? Big drums. Big drums. Big fucking drums. This, this movie could have benefited a lot from some big drums, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Does the last... Let's, no, let's, let's do bland heroism. Let's, let's just do everything that... That came without the big drums. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. this is the secret, actually, behind Hans Zimmer. Maybe this is actually what his music would sound like if it didn't have bitch and per- percussion. Maybe, but I re- very recently went and saw Inferno, uh, the Dan Brown book. I, I don't know, whatever. Um, it's mostly electronic. The music is, I should say, not the movie. <laughs> um, and doesn't have quite as many of the big drums. And it's still bitching. It's so it's still bitching. Okay. Even if you take the drums away, it's, it's just a question of does this guy have it or does this guy not really have it? Okay. We've got Heroes in a half shell half shell. Turtle yeah, power. Mm-hmm. we've got the turtle power. I think we're missing the The Heroes in a Half Shell. Yes. <laughs> Two points about this next uh track. I figure that most of you will enjoy what you hear in this track. And take solace knowing that it appeared nowhere in the movie. (laughs) Great. Can't wait. Here's Half Shell. Guess what? It's the original theme song from the '80s cartoon. What? With a nice little remix. I'm digging that remix to fit. Into, I'm I still, like I'm still jamming to it in my head. Good. I think. Oh, they should also do that song, but with like one dude plucking a double bass. Right. That's pretty that's pretty good double bass. Yeah. I couldn't have done it better myself. With an actual double bass, you actual with the actual double bass I have in my living room. Fudge yeah. See see how many much idea generation we're doing with the score and how much fun we're having with it and how little of that actually ended up in the music for the movie. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. This, yeah, that one had some drums too. Like we said, it I, did. I heard some drums and I went, "Yeah, I'm digging this." You got what you're missing here. And you know what? Thank if you. you had to supplement that with instead playing more pop songs, just space out your pop songs, and I guess you would have been fine. But they played like the only three pop songs they had back to back to back in the film, and I went, "Come on, gang, you've got three. Space them out. Yeah, just like Suicide Squad. Yeah, just like Suicide Squad. Just like Suicide Squad. Except they had 15, and they did not space them out anyway. No. No, they didn't. Yeah. 
Like this so one. healing from that one. This one was like, hey, we want to end and begin on that like heroism theme, like the main theme. It's like that's a, that's a good. That's, that's not a bad starting point. I mean, Avengers did it, and so did I'm sure countless other films. <laughs> I'm just referencing Avengers because that's the first thing that popped in my head. Well, all those other films just kind of did it a little better, better. or more notably. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got today. And I'm not even, Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh it's hey, wait, how many how many people were used in the composition of that final song? Like as far as composer credits? Yeah, how many people you think it took to make that final song for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of Shadows? That credit song. Oh, oh, you're talking about the um the actual song, not the one we just played. Yeah. I'm going to go out and limb and say about 20,000. Literally 20,000. <laughs> Literally 20,000. <000. laughs> <laughs> wow, the same amount that it took to make the last one? I know. What is a it, coincidence. Is it the same group of 20,000 artists? I don't know. They, they've Including, got a lot of 20,000 to uh, choose from. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Kid Cudi and... <laughs> 19,999 Kid Cudi clones. Oh, oh, wait, no, no hold on. There's only 19,995. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you got clones. It. And then there's uh, uh, Randy Newman's in there. Yep. And um, Leonard Cohen. Well, actually, rest in peace. They resurrected. Soon. They resurrected Tupac too for this. Soon. Tupac's also up. too soon. They have Tupac's. Oh, um, no, sorry, I, I'm mistaken. <laughs> okay, they, they have Tupac's reanimated corpse, and they also have his hologram. They have okay. So he counts as two artists. No, he counts as four because it's two. Oh, two Tupac's. No, just Tupac's, and then Tupac's <laughs> reanimated corpse. So that's actually three. Tupac's, one Pac, Tupac. Two pox. Do they have a red okay. pocket or blue pock? Let's talk about science. <laughs> I've, I've got to say, I would just explode if Leonard Cohen did the final song for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, it's rough. Yes, science. Yay! How are you feeling about science on this one? Better than I do about a certain thing that happened in the past week. Oh, God. What? Leonard Cohen died. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, I did not know. <laughs> you didn't know? You're making. You're talking shit about I, Leonard I, Cohen. I, I'm not talking know. shit. I don't even know who he is. You don't know who Leonard Cohen is? He sang the the oh. fucking Shrek song. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was Buckley. I thought oh, it was Jeff Buckley. He, he did a cover of it. It's a cover. Oh. So who did it first? The definitive version is Leonard Cohen. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> okay. Okay, I believe you. He also That's good wrote, shit. He also wrote All Star. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote he wrote the entire soundtrack for Shrek. Oh. <laughs> that and I'm a believer. Yep. Um, and uh, accidentally in love by the Counting Crows. <laughs> yep. Originally done by the Monkeys. All. Yes, he was a founding member of the Monkeys, <laughs> as well as Smash Mouth. Oh yes, um, you're right. Science. <laughs> okay, uh, science topics that you don't want to talk about that I will bring up. Okay. Shooting manholes out of a truck. Great for a toy. Sure. Uh, nunchucks on a truck. You could think of more practical weapons, could you not? I can think of many weapons more practical than nunchucks, like uh, a gun. <laughs> well, or a thing that shoots manhole covers, because <laughs> those things are heavy. If you shoot them fast enough, they will kill you. Yeah, um... 
how about uh, the thing that shoots katanas? That would also kill you. <laughs> the thing that literally like shot it like a discus. Oh, like it's spinning? Yeah, and then he he cut a chain with that thing. Okay, that I find hard to believe, but you could. <laughs> I mean, it's like a boomerang, right? You just throw something that's big and heavy and sometimes sharp. They did not care where those things freaking landed either. They just shot them to the breeze, and then once they went off screen, it was like not my problem. Mm. Well, <laughs> I don't. If you threw a katana like a boomerang, one it probably wouldn't come back to you because <laughs> boomerangs are shaped very carefully to be the right arrow. You had a good joke there until you just like kept going, and then katanas like. You don't want them coming back. <laughs> no, How do you catch them? Nor do you want Captain Boomerang's boomerang coming back. Those are deadly. Mm. Nor do I want Captain Boomerang coming back. <laughs> he <Aww>. always comes back. <laughs> I always come back. All right. <laughs> okay, so... So so the actual side's topic. Yeah. Uh, there's one scene in the... Uh, you, they were in the National Science Museum or National Historic Museum museum i forget a museum donatello was jizzing (laughs) (laughs) i think we watched different movies oh i'm sorry i watched the one starring april o'neill oh Oh. april 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 o'neill as april o'neill boneal no it's it's still april o'neill as april o'neill okay Uh, casey bones casey bones okay donatello okay yeah raffalatio okay (laughs) okay 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 (laughs) I think we talked about this. We did that. We covered that last time. Okay. Um, and if you listen back, go back. Our other TMNT episodes. Michael Shalangelo. <laughs> no. <laughs> Michael Angelo. That's okay. It. Okay. It's Michael Angelo. Okay. okay. All right. No, there's a scene. Donatello is in a fucking museum, <laughs> and he says, "Oh wow, they're using neutronium. Uh, they have a lot of that, which is used to make black holes." And, Donatello goes, what the hell are you talking Or shit, sorry. Leonardo says, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Donnie. He's like, well, Shredder might be not as dumb as I thought he was. Because he might actually have discovered teleportation. Yeah, you can you can open a wormhole. Sure. Talk about... To another dimension. Neutronium. Because they try and justify teleportation in one moment without sounding super vague. So, neutronium is... It's a thing. Um, it is... Basically, just like how like atoms usually have a proton and a neutron and some electrons. Sure, a neutronium is just neutrons, just neutrons. Is that considered an atom at that point? Uh, it would. There's some controversy in the physics community over this, <laughs> but basically, it would be an atom with atomic number zero. Ooh, that's not which doesn't feel right. No. But I mean... Atomic weight? Its atomic weight would be one, because it has one neutron. And atomic weight is number of neutrons plus the number of electrons. Oh, so it's not even... You can't have multiple neutrons. You can. So neutronium could have various atomic weight? Yeah. Because it's just mashing a bunch of neutrons together? Yep. And if you get enough of them together, you get these things that really exist, which is called a neutron star. Oh. So a neutron star is a star that contains basically only neutrons. That's crazy. Uh, But that doesn't have, like, any energy, right? They are extraordinarily energetic. Hold on. I thought electrons were the the cause behind energy atoms. They are... 
the energy in atoms is hold, held by, by the nuclear strong force. Okay. Mostly. Thank you. Which is what binds... The strong force is what binds protons and neutrons together. Okay. Because, like, protons are all positive, so you'd think they'd repel each other. But if they get close enough, the nuclear strong force kicks in and they just shoop okay. together. Um, so a neutron star is a star composed exclusively of neutrons, and they are extraordinarily dense. They're, oh. they're, it's basically the most dense substance there can be. So it's the most dense substance we've ever recorded. The, it, like, if you have a neutron star, you're real close to getting a black hole. Really close. Oh. Like, neutron oh. stars will often create black holes when they burn out. Tell me, have we found a black hole? Oh, yeah. Okay. Why do I feel like a, a someone had told me a black holes were a myth for some reason? You have been talking to the wrong people. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I don't read enough about this stuff, and I should. I read too many comic books that don't talk mm. about this as much. I'm not I'm not in the Silver Age really yet. Uh, I'm still reading modern sure, stuff. Sure, sure. So, yeah. So, he's actually not too far off where he's like, you get enough neutronium, you can make a black hole. Actually 100% true because you can build a neutron star and then wait a few billion years and it'll go supernova and it'll leave a black hole behind. A neutron star goes supernova because it's just so dense it needs to explode eventually, all that energy? Eventually, it like compresses itself too tightly. And oh, then it goes boom. Heat. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Heat, compression, boom. Yep. Got it. It collapses just like any other star. Oh, wow. I actually understand that process now. Yeah. TMNT. Yeah, there you go. Did not expect Did to not come expect out of... to learn something from the science segment here. No, not really. So, Damn. There you go. Bravo, Ben. Yeah. Bravo. Watch out, Arrival. You are having some <laughs> competition for smartest movie of the year. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's actually true. The way they talk about it in this movie is dumb. They oh, just Oh, it's so dumb. They just they just got lucky that it's a little bit a little bit. Well, they were like what's the what's if we had to equate black holes into a like a bunch of different quantities. Someone was like we need to justify wormholes in alternate dimensions. And then they're like Give black us, holes. Yeah, if we're gonna give Donatello, stars. if we're gonna give Donatello some jargon to say, at least make it correct jargon. We need a jargony word that has something to do with other dimensions and black holes and shit. Neutronium. Neutronium. There you go. For that one scene, it's what neutron stars are made of. Although, don't tell real physicists that because there's different definitions of what neutronium is, and some people argue about what's actually inside a neutron star. And that triggered yeah. oh they will they will be capital t capital r capital i i don't think i've ever seen that word written and triggered yeah you're you're, you're one it's of trigger no, with an r oh okay t-i-double-g-er t-r-i-double-g-er oh okay fucking moron double gutter thank you you're right yeah <laughs> You're right. That's my bad. I'm the fucking moron. I, I mm. spit it out too quick, and then it comes right back to me, mm. you know? It's like a katana. I, just, I can teach you to spit it, fire. It just comes back, and I didn't want it. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like something. Yeah, That's okay. all I got, though. That was weak shit. Okay. <laughs> Any more science? That's all I got. Okay. You had some strong nuclear strong shit. Yeah, I got the nuclear strong force. You followed it up with some nuclear weak shit. There actually is a nuclear weak force. I know. That's oh, good. the joke. I, oh, okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> to clarify for our viewers. Four fundamental forces of 
something forces forces in more general. fundamental forces of nature nature yes in order of strength electromagnetism gravity strong damn it, damn it. gravity's the weakest gravity's by far the weakest by far the weakest it's weird because it's the, the most most present but by far the weakest mm-hmm. so strong weak gravity yep know that for your trivia gang that's useful information it really is okay and then the force of law because fuck the police <laughs> <laughs> Scott are you still there hi hey <laughs> just making sure <laughs> uh, any fun facts drinking game rules we want to spit out real quick Drink anytime Stephen Amell opens his mouth in that truck chase scene. You will need it. Okay. Mm. Drink um, a different type of liquor for every different type of sports equipment Casey Jones uses. Driving that train high on cocaine. <laughs> Casey Jones, you better oh, yeah, yeah, watch yeah. your speed. It's not. That's, Trouble ahead. That's... Trouble behind. Jerry Garcia? Ah, oh, The Grateful Dead. Yes. Yeah, okay. I thought it was Jerry Garcia only, though. Mm, I can look it up. I am I know it as a Grateful Dead song, but I might be wrong. Okay. You're probably right. I do... I'm actually... Jerry Garcia was in The Grateful Dead, though. Impressed so. enough that I knew that. Yeah, I am too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, it's like saying Tom Petty versus Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Take a drink... Of some really nice scotch, when this movie impresses you with something, and even if you have to seek that impressing, there, there should be at least one thing buried somewhere in this movie. Yeah, like and you'll, a, you'll just feel better about yourself when you find it. Yeah, there's something. It's not Megan Fox's acting. You can just drink to forget that she has a career in Hollywood. Just rip open a PBR and, while she's on screen. Just look oh. away from the screen and. Yeah. And and guzzle. Every time Megan Jones or Megan Fox, Jones. Megan Jones. <laughs> every time Megan Fox is talking, you have to be drinking. So sorry. Hey, Casey Fox. Casey Fox. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining like a face swap of them two now. <laughs> that would have been great if Stephen Amell played Megan Fox and or damn it. <laughs> Stephen Amell played April O'Neil and Megan Fox played Casey Jones. Do you know how much that would make this movie like better but also worse it would make it weirder yeah i just want this movie to be off the freaking rails of just like we're gonna take that turtle stuff make make turtles weird again yes okay uh i i'm drink for turtle power um uh, pop quiz gang name any actor who played a turtle will arnett incorrect oh um, 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 yeah, Alan Richardson. Al- yeah, see, everybody knows Alan Richardson. All right, Raphael, Pete Plozik, Jeremy Howard, Noah, someone, Noel, Noel, Noel Fisher, Fisher. Yep, the riches kid. And go watch the mocap of the making of this because it's amazing. Because it's they're in giant suits all the time and it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure that's like even better than the movie just because well, they're actually good. Yeah. And they're given. <laughs> they're also like, it kind of looks better too because they really, it's funnier because they really emote their faces a lot. 
to mm. for the sake of the fact that they're digitized characters, they have to move their mouths a lot to show that emotion. I think I've seen that. So it's really cool, honestly. It's a good watch. Yeah. Um, because, hey, get out your scotch. That's actually impressive. There's some, there's some impressive mocap. Yeah. I'll give them that. That's actually impressive. Okay. Take, uh, it. Yeah. Take a drink in that. Because they actually uh, cast an Asian American actor as Shredder, we're we're getting a little more inclusive here. <laughs> a little bit, yes. The Asian guy is still the villain, but you know he kind of was supposed to be, so it's okay. It's not like it's Fu Manchu or something. It's not like he's white. Fu Manchu played by John Wayne. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Fun side story. I was pricing comics yesterday. And I came across a really old Green Lantern issue. Guess who was on the cover? Fu Manchu. It was Pie Face. <laughs> Tom Kalamaku. <laughs> Kalamaku. What a cool guy. Tom Kalamaku, a.k.a. comic book named Pie Face. All right? Yeah, that's not Skylar being racist for once yeah that's, that's his, actually the character's that's what they nickname. call him in so the text. whether or not you agreed with that derogatory term he was called that it's like it that, happen. it's like the n-word showing up in adventures of huckleberry finn yeah, yeah. So, same thing right it's like it happened okay it's yeah. a reflection of the time yeah mm-hmm. but we're not going to say it to a people deface them yeah no to, that's wrong we're not gonna put we're not gonna put pie on their face no although there was looks a- like that'll wrap it up for today <laughs> super fans super movie studies is recorded and produced by trap cop productions if you like what you hear go to itunes you know you want to we're gonna keep this thing rolling for uh i just paid the rights for a whole nother year baby it's gonna stay up there you know it Oh, rate us. Rate us. Oh, rate us. Rate us. Okay, uh, please. Wow. <laughs> I got a little intense there. Well, God. whatever it fucking takes. Ratings do help. Yeah, okay. Uh, the best thing you can do to something that you're getting for free, okay? That's your entire payment. That's how you feel fulfilled, that you're not just taking hard work from someone. Um, it may seem like we're just goofing off, but there is some some prep that goes into this that isn't just us freaking goofing around the whole time. There's a somewhat structured element to this. And in order to repay that work by enjoying this and listening, that's good enough, really, it actually is. But if you want to go a step past that, rate us. New episodes every Monday. If you don't start rating us... We're just going to start making commercials where we cower in the corner all sad like while Sarah McLaughlin croons in the background and you'll feel real bad. I will remember you. We're also on Twitter, guys. Thank you. Twitter Tom's there for all of our superhero conversations, questions, just general nonsensory at Super letter M studies. Super M studies. That's where you'll find us. Uh, check us out there. We're cool. Twitter challenge of the week. Um, if the third TMNT movie would introduce a new fifth turtle, what would their renaissance name be? 
and what actor slash actress would play it? Ooh. It's Dante and Tom Hanks. <laughs> Dante. <laughs> that would be actually bomb if, like, it's just like there's an actually an old turtle out there that was their forgotten <laughs> older brother. That would be, and it was, it's, it's, my name's Dante. Or, 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 oh, crap. The guy who did Rodan. Not a renaissance, I don't think, but Rodan would be a cool turtle name. Uh, and yeah, that's the Twitter. Uh, Twitter Tom, scheduled to be on next week. Woo! Hulk 2003. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so oh, schedule some time in your day. That's a two hour, 40 no. minute film. No, is it? <laughs> It's two hours alert. 30 minutes at least. No. It's a long film. You're Look talking the director's cut. What? You're talking the director's cut. Okay. I'm all. I'm 100% confident it is at least two hours and 17 minutes. Home. I want to say 220, actually. I said at least. See if I got the exact thing here. Two hours and 18 minutes. Two hours, 18 minutes. I'm fucking good. All right? All right. Damn. That's going to do it. Uh, 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 I'm just, we're not talking about the website. I'm so tired. That'll to do that. Okay, we're done. Fine, you whiny <laughs> bitch. That'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. James Skyler Hudson. And I'm Ben. I'm not tired. <laughs> I'm not tired. You misheard me. I'm Michael. Hi, Michael. Have a super week. Bye. Oh. Or a shell-shocked week. Turtle power! Beneath